Hello, and welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninja Boy, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. So, how's everyone doing out there? Apologies for my lack of uh, absence of a couple of months. Uh, sometimes you end up with a bit of a writer's block, right? You know, I know I normally do a first impressions episode of each season, uh, but given we're about two to three, maybe even less, <laughs> maybe like two weeks away from all the anime from the from the from the given season uh, ending, and some anime already having completed at this point. Uh, it's kind of a moot point to do that at this point, um, especially you know I got into this weird headspace where basically you know I I was like I need to do my episode about you know the the anime from this season and then i didn't do the episode and weeks went by and i'm like well i want to watch it but i can't be until i do the episode so i don't paint my review with you know impressions from later on in the season and here we are so yeah i uh, yeah i probably should work on that with a the therapist maybe um in any case though uh for a quick i'm gonna do a quick summary with this episode this episode i'm gonna do a very quick summary on what i've been meaning to keep up with and i'm gonna try to spend the next couple of weeks catching up with that before the end of the season um but then we also have a main topic um which we're going to go over so first we'll, we'll go over what i've been watching in no particular order if that's what you've been looking for um so in no particular order right this is the, the show that i pegged you know after one to three episodes of death of keeping um and you know this is not in any particular order of what's best or not just kind of an order of airing of airing date by, by day of week um yuri deco you know I'm, I'm pretty much all in on anything science saru Parallel World Pharmacy, probably the best pharmacy isekai we've had in recent years, especially with this whole kind of like similar to the Gate anime, uh, you know, um, modern technology uh, and science versus, uh, you know, medieval uh, medieval perspectives on such subjects uh, is always cool to see. Uh, Fudo Tante, I haven't really watched Kamen Rider before, but this is a fun enough standalone tokusatsu series with some big goofy characters that, you know, definitely want to keep up with it. Uh, Kinsu no Vermeil, I got a weakness for uh, Big Opai Onisan uh, Devil Sumi. Um, it's also, it also knows that it's not trying to do too much and be too too serious or edgy just a fun romp basically so um yeah that's definitely got that got that going for it uh, my stepmom's daughter is my ex uh, despite the very sus title and premise i give this as a project number nine studio production um and they had pretty good work handling potentially dumpster fire series like tomozaki kuno higihiro i'm willing to give this a fair shot for this one uh, Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. I'm a sucker for an adoptive father-daughter relationship anime. I throw in a bit of a Yakuza sim- with a heart of gold, similar to uh, Way of the House Husband. Sold on this one. Uh, Phantom of the Idol. Now, granted, I-, I haven't watched this past the first episode, but the idea of an idol who doesn't really want to be an idol challenging the ghost of a former idol is too good a premise to pass up, at least for a little while. Um, Licorice Recoil, or uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, as many have said, it's basically John Wick. Good thing. Meets cute anime girls. Good thing. Um, but between the cute character dynamic between the two leads and the smooth-as-butter action animation, this is a, a front runner for anime of the season. Uh, Dr. Stone OVA. I actually technically completed this one already, but I uh, love, love, love the Dr. Stone series, and uh, this is, you know, plot-relevant. You know, this is a canon, uh, canon OVA to bridge to the next season. Introduces one of my favorite characters in the series, so definitely a must-watch. And Hanabi-chan is often late. It's a short comedy series about a, a pachinko machine that comes to life. Um, not much of an investment, so you know, worth checking out. And then there's Isekai Oji-san from Netflix. But due to production issues, it looks like it'll be rebroadcast in the fall and hopefully able to actually finish production on time this time around. Um, so yeah, that is uh, the shows that I definitely will, will try to be finishing up. Um, that's what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Uh, 
10 shows in one sort. Um, so definitely got my work cut out for me. Um, now, that said, there were a couple other shows that I got through the first three episodes, uh, prioritizing, prioritizing the other ones ahead of these. Um, Tokyo Mew Mew New, you know, it's a updated Sojo Magical Girl series out of the 90s, plot-wise, with the good and bad that entails, with modern animation. Not my usual cup of tea, especially since they mostly played straight, but I can't deny that it's fairly well done. Um, Call of the Night. Now, this is probably the biggest surprise in that this was probably the early favorite for many people of the season. I'll admit it looks super great and has great lo-fi beats, the tilt you vibe with the background art and whatnot. But the first three episodes were just pretty much all vibes, no plot or any or character development, really. Um, I imagine more characters getting introduced later on as per the OP will add more dynam- dynamism to this. But otherwise, I think I need to be in a very specific mood to watch this. Uh, Chibimo, now don't let the animation or character designs fool you. Even though it looks like it's a kid show, it's a wickedly biting uh, comedy about a, an Oni from hell who sent to Earth to bring hell to Earth, only to find all the ways we humans have already made uh, a hell on Earth for ourselves. The jokes will be somewhat repetitive structure-wise, and I'm not sure if the comedy holds up for a full length of a full length episode. Uh, I think this would have been better as like maybe a short series, and we're still willing to check it out as long as the jokes uh, keep on landing. Um, and then we have Buchigure, um, which is a show about death row criminals uh, in the Meiji period who are tapped to become the new season Gumi. Think Suicide Squad style. Um, the most notable thing here are the stellar character designs from Salmon King creator Hiroyuki Take, which you know really goes a long way to make this otherwise generic plot plot uh, seem engaging. And then we have Engage Kiss. Now I may be into Kinsuke no Vermeil, which is a fairly lewd show about a demon lady who gets her powers because he, because he makes out with a human master. So why did Engage Kiss not really hook me as much? I think mostly it's because that the human master in Engage Kiss is a bit of a bum. Uh, comes off as pretty unlikable, which is a big red flag for me uh, in most series. If I can't really jive with the main character or find anything redeeming about him, um, I, I, I very quickly will drop it. That being said, the end of episode 3 gave us a hook as to why he is the way he is, so I'm going to give this another shot. If it starts boring me again or he becomes insufferable again, I'm probably going to drop it, but you know that, that it is what it is. But yeah, so those are the anime I'm keeping an eye on for the summer season, and we'll try to have finished by the time I do my review episode in October. Now, between now and then, in order to make up for the lack of episodes in the last couple of months, uh, I'm going to do weekly episodes, actually, assuming I can keep up the pace. Um, next week, we're going to be looking at the state of Sword and Jump in 2022, all of the series that have started, and all of those that have ended, and what I've been reading right now. Um, the week after that, we'll go over anime and Japanese movies that I've been fortunate to watch lately. Um, you know, I see the number in theaters, and and, you know, and trying to make time between all of these uh, summer anime shows um, to watch a couple on streaming services that have come out the past couple of years. So, you know, we'll go over those. And then in early October, it'll, it'll be time for the usual review of the summer anime I just mentioned before we move on to the looking at the fall season, which this one's looking pretty stacked. Uh, anyway, this episode, we're going to be doing a different topic, music and musicians that I've discovered through anime. Now, obviously, anime has its openings and endings, and those can be some of the most memorable parts of an anime. Uh, in some cases, they are the reason that someone decides to check out a show and stick with it longer than they may otherwise. A prime example of this in this past year was your boy Kong Ming, um, you know, Tsuki um, Tsuki Bang Bang as a, as a banger of an OP. Definitely got a lot of people to at least check out the show in the first place. And, you know, people, I, I definitely could not... Uh, I definitely could not bring myself to skip the the OP at all, or even the ED, uh, Feeling Good. Um, both of those, you know, I definitely watched and ended, and, and those, those are arguably some of the strongest memories I have of the entire show. Um, 
Now, for no, another example of this is, you know, and the other part is that when you watch an opium OED and listen to it later on, it triggers a sense memory, right? It, it ties you back to where you were at your point in life when you watched that. So, for example, you know, when I was in high school, you know, I didn't really watch Bleach and Nardo and One Piece live per se like many others. I, I kept up with it here and there, but I actually did end up, uh, my, uh, this is before Spotify, um, you know, making playlists on YouTube of the opening and endings from Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. You know, I wanted music I could listen to while I studied, but, you know, if it was in English or, or had other words that I understood, I would just inevitably end up, you know, singing along and paying attention to that instead of studying. Um, having these Japanese songs have gotten a long way to actually helping me study. And, uh, yeah, Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece openings were kind of my my big my big choice of, of anime to listen to. So whenever I hear those songs, instantly ported back, transported back to high school. Anyway, you know, there's so much focus on opening and ending music, but depending on the show, you know, sometimes soundtracks or even insert songs, uh, you know, especially in more musically themed shows uh, where the the plot revolves around music, those can end up being. But you know, even in the good action series where the, there's a good insert song at the at the climactic fight, you know, those songs can be end up being part of the larger collection of music known as any song. Uh, in fact, shout out to this uh, the anime music quiz, uh, which is an online game you can play with other people where they play a clip of a song and then you have to try to guess uh, which anime it's from. Um, now, I don't claim to be an expert when it comes to the music industry in Japan, but to my knowledge, a lot of anime songs come about as a result of uh, a music company, you, you know, either Warner Music or uh, Sony Music Japan, uh, being part of the production committee of an anime. And, you know, part of the part of their deal is that, you know, if we're going to be in the production committee and help fund this anime, you know, we want to have one of our signed acts provide the opening and ending or insert song for an upcoming anime. Um, and, you know, after all, you know, if the anime goes on to become a hit and consumers associate the anime with a particular song, you know, they'll probably go out and buy or at very least stream a song um, and, and help get those numbers up. So, you know, for you know, anime acts as a form of advertising uh, for their songs. And in some cases, you know, the artists themselves, uh, if they become big enough, can become an advertisement for the anime, right? Um, it becomes a selling point to check out a new show. Uh, for example, you know, the most well-known of this might be Lisa, um, whose first uh, single, uh, solo single, Oat Sign, was used as the opening for Fate Zero, and it peaked at number five on the Oricon sales charts. And then she sang the opening song for Soda Online, Crossing Field, um, which peaked at number five. Uh, and then she had the songs Gurenge and Homura for Demon Slayer and its movie, and those were, you know, have featured heavily uh, in the advertisement. So, um, yeah, that's, she's definitely, you know, she's definitely gone a long way to becoming kind of the queen of any song in many regards. Now, I could talk about my favorite openings and endings, but that would be kind of boring just kind of going through all of those. Instead, I want to talk about artists who I discovered through their anime songs, but I've since come to appreciate outside of their anime song collection. Uh, for example, you know, again, I can appreciate a good Lisa song, uh, any song, but I haven't exactly dived in her back catalog. I, don't, I couldn't really name uh, any of her songs outside of that. On the other hand, you know, the artists I'm going to be focusing on this episode, I can point to songs outside of just their opening and endings that I like, and in some cases, I've even been to in-person concerts if they happen to come through New York. Um, I'll be playing some of those songs throughout the episode, though I'm going to intensely not be including any anime songs um, instead of highlighting their an their non-anime work. Uh, hopefully this doesn't get in trouble with Spotify for playing too much of their music on here. 
Uh, anyway, I think the best place to start this episode will be the most recent addition to, the, to this list of you know musicians I've discovered through anime, uh, Creepy Nuts. Now, I just mentioned earlier that, earlier that you know this I haven't necessarily really watched Call of the Night, and it's a specific vibe I'm looking for. Um, I can't deny though that the opening and endings uh, done by Creepy Nights, uh, Creepy Nuts, further so are absolute bangers. Uh, in fact, apparently the original mangaka for the series called it Creepy Creepy uh, Call of the Night um, after. Uh, the song, which Creepy Nuts actually made, it was it was titled "Call of the Night," you know, translated from Japanese. And he asked them if he could name the song, uh, the, the manga after them. Which you know, they they went on to basically do the 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 opening and ending for this, and um, basically I even have a cameo in the show apparently. So yeah, in a way, they're the ones who actually originated the, the anime versus the anime originating them. Um, in any case, uh, Creepy Nuts is a hip-hop duo of MC Arcite and DJ Matsunaga. Uh, they debuted under Sony Music Entertainment back in 2017, but it looks like according to the YouTube channel, they've been around since at least 2015, if not before that. Um, both are solid individuals uh, creatively, right? Our, uh, uh, Arcite was the grand champion of Japan's MC Battle Tournament Ultimate MC Battle from 2010 to 2014, and DJ Matsunaga was the Japanese representative to the DMC World DJ Championship in 2019, which he won, by the way. Now, you'd think hip-hop would be something hard to really appreciate as a non-Japanese speaker, since a lot of the appeal of hip-hop, at least for me, when I listen to English shows, is the lyricism and wordplay going on, which, if I don't understand Japanese, how can that be something I appreciate? But you know, there's something about like the meter and cadence of RCT's bars that are just universal. Add to that that the production and the instrumentals that Matsunaga puts together aren't just a beat on repeat, but you know, they use different instrumental samples that give it a real uh, vibe of like a band in some cases, right? Um, real bouncy energy that, that makes them a fun listen. Um, you know, probably my favorite song of theirs would be one that translates to roughly uh, to us former prodigies, which, uh, you know, the lyrics are about, you know, feeling, you know, finding meaning in life uh, after feeling burnt out or like you didn't live up to your potential, which uh, given that, uh, you know, as a former gifted kid, I can relate to that. Uh, it hits hard, especially, you know, while that, that deep message while still being somewhat upbeat. So here's a little bit of to us former prodigies by Creepy Nuts. Now, if Creepy Nuts is the most recent group that inspired this episode, I gotta call out the original group that was like this, Oreska Band. Oreska Band is an all-girl ska group that started back when its original members were in middle school back in 2003. Uh, for those who don't get the joke, Ore is the Japanese word for I am, or in this case, we are. Um, however, uh, Japanese being a somewhat gendered language, Ore is the word often used by men uh, to, for I am, while women tend to use the word watasi. Um, playing off of this, uh, the members, vocalists and guitar as ICAST, trombonist MC Hayami, uh, drummer Tai, uh, tenor saxophonist keyboardist Moriko, trumpeter Saki, and bass vocalist Tomi, uh, all of them would dress up in male school uniforms while they produced, uh, saying we are, or a, we are a ska band. Um, they eventually got signed to Sony Music back in 2006, while in high school after their first self-produced album. Uh, they would get attention uh, broadly by appearing in a pocket commercial uh, with their song Hana no Ska Dance. Hey, 
soon after, they end, end up having their first ending song, uh, which is uh, Tsumasaki, the 11th ending song of Bleach, which is where I first heard of them in that playlist of big three anime songs I mentioned uh, using in high school to study. And they would tour the U.S. after the studio debut, uh, performing at Anime Expo, as well as uh, on the Vance Warped Tour. Uh, apparently, they were also the stars of a feature-length film called Lock and Roll Forever, unfortunately racist name somewhat, uh, uh, which is uh, written, produced, uh, and starring one of the actors from High School Musical um, about, quote, 16 girls in Japan who want to make it big in Hollywood. Um, this was a super bizarre film that act- apparently had a U.S. Uh, debut, allegedly. I can't find any reports about it. Um, was never released in Japan and was eventually found in 2013 as a direct-to-DVD release in Scandinavia of all places. So the only version I can find on YouTube is uh, has Scandinavian subtitles. Um, I don't know. I'll probably watch it at some point, but that's a movie for another time. Uh, in any case, they also had the song Jitensa, uh, Bicycle, uh, featured on the 13th ending for Naruto Shippuden, which is when I noticed that, hey, these two songs from these different anime have the same artist, which is pretty cool for me to find out. So that led me to dig into the rest of their Scott discography. Now, they have a very special place in my heart as they are the first concert I ever actually saw in New York City after moving here after college. Um, and this was like 2015 or so. Uh, they happened to be on tour on the East Coast after signing with a new label. Uh, they stopped in Otakon down in D.C. and before coming up here to New York. Now, I'm not the biggest listener of ska music and there were like three or four opening numbers, uh, which, you know, was a new experience for me seeing uh, everyone getting down and dancing, which apparently in the ska world is known as skanking. Um, but anyway, once they came out, they just blew me away with with their energy and liveliness, even at like super late at night. Again, I couldn't understand the word they were saying, especially for songs that I didn't recognize outside of the uh, the Bleach and Naruto. Um, but it was still, you know, cemented a long, a long a love of live music that I, that I, I still prefer. Definitely, like when musicians play their own music on stage as opposed to you know singing or just dancing to a pre-recorded track. Um, so yeah, I mean, since then, you know, they've had two other releases and a bit of a change in their lineup. You know, some of the original members have exited for either family reasons or the pursuit other musical careers but you know if they ever roll back into town that you know I'm gonna be there uh, maybe get trying my own hand at skanking um, for a more recent song of theirs which compared to the first song which is which compared to the first song of theirs I shared um, you know at, at least compared to that um, here's a song called carry on which they had just released around the time I saw them back in 2015. Some of the alternate groups I've seen in concert versus those I haven't. So another group that I've since listened to a bunch after discovering them through an anime is the funk group Bradio, uh, which is apparently an acronym for Break Rules and Do Image On. Um, not quite sure what that means, but um, they are most well known for their song Flyers, which opened the excellent anime Death Parade back in 2015. Um, they, however, go back all the way to 2010, made up of vocalist Takaki Sunyoji and drummer Tanabe of a former English-only alt-rock group The Movie archives. Um, they also have guitarist Soichi Oyama and bassist Ryosuke Sakai, and they were joined by guitarist Takahiro Kitazawa from awesome from the band Awesome Dude, who would leave after 2012. Um, their first music video was in 2013, with gold, which was Golden Liar, which pretty much sets the scene for their style. It's funky, groovy music. Um, if you love like Motown and, and soul music, right? Uh, if you watch the music video, you get to see Takaki's signature afro with Bruno Mars as dancing in a gold suit, right? I mean, they call their fan base the funky party people, 
which tells you all you really need to know. Here's a little bit of Golden Liar. So as someone who got in college, got into hip hop dance and street dance, and in particular fell with the funk music used for popping and locking, no surprise that their discography would appeal to my sensibilities overall. Uh, definitely have just gone through their entire discography on Spotify while studying. Um, unfortunately, I have they have not made it out to New York, and uh, but they have come to US for other conventions, Akon in Texas in 2018 and Otakon back in 2019. Unfortunately, drummer Yuki Tanabe has since left the band after they signed with Warner Music in 2017, uh, not necessarily related, but still, if they ever make it out there, I'd love to groove out with them. Uh, before we go to the next group, uh, here's another single of theirs under Warner called Lapa Paradise to give you another taste of their music. <laughs> Many may call Flyers one of the best anime OPs for an equally great anime, but I'd argue, at least in my eyes, the goat of anime OPs uh, at the, and, 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 and iconic songs is Database from Log Horizon, which not only was used for the first season of the anime, it was so good that when the, when the series changed studios um, for a second season many years later, it literally was too perfect to not use again. I mean, you know, Counteraction Rising, uh, you know, uh, Database, Database, right? Um, anyway, the hard slash the hard slash dance rock band behind this song is the mysterious wolfman man with a mission not kidding about the wolf part either apparently the backstory they give the public is that they were created by the to be ultimate life forms by the doctor of the guitar and master wolf biologist Jimi hendrix yes that Jimi hendrix uh, they were frozen in antarctica for years before escaping and emerged on the japanese music scene in 2010 uh, to this day all performances and press events um the members vocalist tokyo tanaka uh, guitarist john Ken Johnny, bassist Kamikaze Boy, DJ Santa Monica, and drummer Spear Rib all wear elaborate wolf masks uh, whenever they put, whenever they make appearances. Um, so yeah, as far as we know, they're just wolfmen. Um, anyway, after some well-selling early albums and quickly sold-out live performances at concerts in Japan, um, the first song of theirs to be used for the opening of a movie was actually not Log Horizon, but the live-action Kamen Rider movie in 2013 using their song Emotions. Uh, here's a little bit of that.
Now, Database would be their first anime OP and also their first single after signing with Sony. Um, they also had anime OPs for the Seven Deadly Sins show, which appropriately was also called Seven Deadly Sins, as well as the banger Raise Your Flag for Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron Blood Orphans, uh, and their song Out of Control, which would be used in the Japanese release for Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, in 2018, they released their album Chasing the Horizon, which had more songs of theirs used as themes as well. Uh, Dead in Tokyo, which was co produced by Fallout Boy's Patrick Stump, uh, was used for the live action movie Shinjuku Swan 2. Uh, My Hero was used for the OP of the anime Unuyashiki. Uh, Find You was the ending of the live action adaptation of Anonymous Noise. Take Me Under was the OP for the live action movie of Unuyashiki. And then Winding Road was the OP of Golden Kamoi. Um, they actually had a tour in 2019 with a stop in New York City uh, to promote the album. So you know, I was there, uh, brought my wife with, uh, with me as well, since he had just moved to the city. And uh, even though he wasn't really an anime fan at all, we had a freaking blast. I mean, again, not understanding many of the songs. I only heard, knew about half of the songs in their set beforehand, but every single song was such a blast. The way they just drew energy out from us to keep us headbanging, um, you know, and waving our arms in the air was just inspiring. You know, I, it, honestly, I think it may be my the best live concert I've ever been to. Um, the song is this 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 next song is probably my favorite non-anime song of theirs from the concert, though with a bit of a twist. Uh, when what you hear 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 is the the album, you know, full orchestration with the entire band. However on the concert they actually had one of the members I think it was Tokyo Tanaka just go up on the stage with the microphone on the stool with an acoustic guitar and just played it acoustically right no no backing you know no back background uh, no backing instruments no drums um, it's a very different feel than you have here um, there are videos of this on YouTube I'm not going to link one of those um, if you get a chance check that out uh, it's a, you know the, norm, the, the normal version I hear is really great but the, the acoustic version is just as amazing if in a bit of a different way Since then, they've had a couple of other of their best uh, new theme songs, right? Um, we have Remember Me was the live action adaptation for Radiation House. Dark Crow was the OP for Vinland Saga. Into the Deep was the ending song for the Godzilla vs. Kong movie. And most recently, Merry Go Round was uh, the most recent OP for My Hero Academia. Uh, to close this section out, I'm going to play another song of theirs. Uh, I, I could play any number of songs of theirs, but actually I'll play a cover they did of Nirvana's classic Smells Like Teen Spirit.
So we're going to go from hard rock to something a little bit more mellow. You know, almost like that acoustic I, this, the performance I just described. And this next group is probably never going to tour in the U.S. for various reasons, but nonetheless is fascinating for me, especially considering the majority of music I love of theirs are, in fact, covers. So remember the Walkman, you know, Sony's portable music device before the iTunes, iPod? Um, you know, if, you, if you're young and you don't remember, uh, before we had streaming on Spotify or YouTube, uh, and before the iPod, the Walkman was the must-have item from Sony to play your music on cassette tapes. Uh, believe it or not, they apparently were making them up through 2010, actually. Now, part of the promotion of the Walkman was there was a PR project from Sony called Sony Walkman Play You, where they gathered various musicians uh, together into a share house to basically jam out once a week and live stream performances on Ustream. Uh, this was before Twitch was the ubiquitous streaming platform. Uh, anyone remember what Ustream was? Um, anyway, they, they had two seasons of Play You House, um, and they had, after after that one, after the second season ended, seven of the nine original streamers ended up spinning off to make their own group called Goose House, a goose coming from the idea that they are a flock that together can do much more than any individual. Over the course of the next decade or so, some members would graduate out to work on other projects or their solo careers, and some of them left and then came back, um, and then some new members would actually be added into the mix as well. Uh, over this period, they would continue doing you know, uh, various live streams, and they would uh, do various covers of acoustic covers of various songs, some anime, some not, um, and I'll upload those to YouTube, which is how I discovered them. Um, occasionally, they'd also have guests on as well, um, and each song wasn't necessarily the entire group, but sometimes they would have you know, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four people out of the five or six or however many were active at the time. Uh, I don't remember which uh, cover of theirs was the one that caught my ear, but I'll play a couple of songs, see if we can recognize which ones these are. I'm not 
So in case you can't recognize these, uh, these are uh, Country Road, Take Me Home, which, yes, I'm calling an anime song because it appeared in that Miyazaki movie or in the, in the Studio Ghibli movie. Uh, we have uh, the, the Attack on Titan theme song, the Dragon Ball theme song, Evangelion theme song, the Japanese Pokemon theme song, and then Sugar Song and Bitter Step, uh, which is one of my favorite openings from Kekai Sensen. Um, but you know they don't only do anime covers as well, at least to my knowledge. You know they cover a lot of other songs as well, and I presume are well-known Japanese pop songs. But they also have their own original songs as well, which were used as the theme of this episode for anime themes. Uh, they're probably most well-known for the for their for their opening for the uh, super popular so Your Lie in April came out in 2014. However, their first anime song was actually also that year was the second ending song for the massively underrated so Silver Spoon. Uh, one of the nice parts about them uploading videos to YouTube is not only do we get the clean studio version of both of these songs, you also get the live raw version of these from their streams. It has a little bit of a different live feel to it. Uh, the downside to this is, of course, that since they, uh, most of the stuff that I love with them are covers, um, you're never really going to hear most of that on Spotify since most of the stuff is on YouTube. Their, disc their original discography, they have, a couple on, they have a couple albums on there, but it's by no means their complete work. Anyway, since 2018 and since their anime song success, the group has has kind of evolved. Um, in 2018, most uh, you know, get out of five out of the six active members uh, announced they were moving on to work on solo work. Um, though formerly the group still exists with a single member, the channel really has uploaded up hasn't uploaded since, except for a couple of uh, you know, couple of performances. I think like about a year ago. However, four of the five members who went on to do the solo work still get together, right? They have a new unit they call Play Goose. Uh, not sure what the behind-the-scenes led to this, but in any case, they are still uploading music on their new separate channel, though a little bit less frequently. Um, the other member, the other fifth member who left, uh, Kei Takabuchi, also uh, has her own channel. She tends to focus on her own, her own solo work with a dedicated producer, um, but she has shown up in a couple of Play Goose videos. I'm subscribed to both. Um, you know, Kei's work is definitely awesome as well. Um, as well as, you know, Play Goose as well. So definitely make sure you check both of them out. Uh, to end the section, though, I'm going to play a song, probably my all-time favorite song of theirs. It's another original song which never got used for an anime. Um, it's kind of the signature song, actually. It goes back all the way to their Play You House days. It's an original song as opposed to a cover. Simple title is Sing. I think it encapsulates what the vibe of this group is about. They simply, it's about simply coming together and singing a song together with your friends. I love this song so much. Um, I actually have a playlist on YouTube because in the early days at least, uh, they would end every stream uh, every month with, uh, or every week, however frequently, um, with a version of uh, Sing. Um, and they would basically, you would see kind of like every, over the weeks and months, the, the compositions and, and different arrangements a little bit from, from uh, week to week. Um, over time, as they move to different studios and you know the membership chains, you know they would sing it every stream. But you know at least once a year, if not a little bit more frequently, they would have an up. They would have a version that they put out. Um, so you know 
know, it, it was just awesome seeing the same song be uh, recorded at different points in these musicians' lives. So, you know, here are two clips of, of the song Sing. Uh, first, the 2010 version from the Play You House days, and then uh, the 2018 version from their new channel, Play Goose. So the final group I'll go in depth with is actually the most recent concert I went to. Um, if you remember uh, my episode a little bit ago about the 2000 Solen Jump manga, I mentioned that while writing that episode, I was going back again to that uh, high school playlist of songs from Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece and found under one of those videos that the all-female J-Rock group Scandal was going to be in town in New York. So I figured why not go and check them out. Uh, anyway, Scandal was a group that formed in 2006 by four high school girls, similar to uh, Oresco Band, but these four girls were from Osaka, uh, Haruna on uh, vocals and rhythm guitar, Mami on lead guitar, uh, Tomori on bass, and Rina on drums. Um, they signed with the indie label Kitty Records with a couple of singles and some overseas performances, including Sakura Khan and South by Southwest in the US, Japan Expo in France, and an anime co animation comic game Hong Kong uh, in August of that year. Um, they then signed with Epic Records Japan, Japan, owned by Sony, uh, with their singles getting them appearances on TVs, such as this song, Sakura Goodbye, which they, they put out to celebrate the high school graduation. Yes, they did all of that before graduating high school.
They then had their first Annie song in 2010 with Sojo S, which was used for Bleach's 10th opening, as well as they would also go on to do the 15th ending of Bleach's Harukaze. Um, they would also soon after do the song Sunkan Sentimental, which was used for the fourth ending of the Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood series. Um, they'd also provide opening and ending and insert songs for production ID anime film Lopus Garus, including having a cameo role in the film, as well as uh, songs for the Star Driver anime, the film anime film Tofu Kozo, and the promo song for Windows 8 in Window 8's launch in Japan of all things. Eventually, after eight albums and other theme songs, uh, the band went on to create their own band-run music label called Her. Uh, under this label, their song AMDKJ, which was used as the ending, was, was put out, which was the ending of the Gegege no Kitaro anime recently. Um, and as they were about to go on tour, you know, in 2020, the pandemic struck, unfortunately. So that tour was put on hold until this past year, which is when I got to go see them. It was pretty interesting since, unlike, say, Man with the Missing, who had multiple anime songs played throughout the concert, or Oreska Band, where I had listened to a lot of the other songs uh, for a while since discovering them before going to the concert this was really a on the whim thing where I hadn't really had a chance to listen to much of Scandal's discography um, and the you know, concert set list was only one anime song uh, Sunken Sentimental uh, that said, I, it still ca- they still captured that early mid two thousands J rock vibe, which I really enjoy a lot. I had a great time, right? In the merch line before the show, I actually was talking to this one guy about how I discovered them, uh, and he told me that you know he had discovered you know J rock through his kids, and he had tickets to go see Band May later in NYC later this year. Unfortunately, you know, Scandal's tour after the New York concert, you know, a couple stops later was cut short due to some members getting COVID. But nonetheless, I had a great time and have since listened to more of their songs. Uh, Here is a song from uh, which they played in their encore at the concert, Masterpiece, off of their first album under the Her label. Now, I could go into more artists, uh, but I think that's a good sample of uh, anime songs. Um, I'll do some quick hits. I won't play any, uh, any of these songs, um, even though I originally had it in my script, since this episode's already a little bit more than half an hour long, probably longer with the clips I'm putting in. Um, anyway, uh, shout out to, so some, some songs I want, some groups I want to shout out. Uh, Polka Dot Stingway, I first learned about uh, their first anime song. Before the first anime song was the ending for the Radiant anime, as well as the Godzilla Singular Point ending song. I actually heard about them from the Trash taste podcast where Garnt talked about musical groups who sound like they would be anime song artists but actually aren't um, some foreshadowing right there um, I actually listened to them so much they ended up being one of my most listened artists to Spotify in 2020 um, I still use their radio station on Spotify working they're kind of like a more modern version of uh, that, that mid 2000s J-Rock I was talking about um, you know, some specific anime just always have great openings, and I usually usually go on after those groups. Um, B Stars, for example, right? They had um, even though I haven't watched more than the first episode, uh, the first opening song, Wild Side, was done by Ali, uh, which is a, a fu- another funk funky group uh, who is responsible for the banger that is Lost in Paradise, the Jujutsu Kaisen first ending song. They're actually supposed to do the first opening for the World Ends with You anime featuring Arshite of Creepy Nuts, but due to the controversy related to the drummer, they actually had to drop out. 
though the song is still a banger. Um, and they've recently come back uh, with some new music without the drummer. Um, the, uh, the other Beastars anime uh, artist I discovered was Yorosobi, which I think is pretty internet famous at this point. They're the, they're the ones responsible for that semi-famous song uh, on the internet, Racing Into the Night. Um, another anime that gave me a lot of hits, uh, Kekai Sensen, who I mentioned before, um, is had one of my favorite endings. Uh, from the, I, you heard the cover of their song from uh, from Goose House. The opening, uh, Hello World, was by Bump of Chicken, who also did an awesome so- uh, song for a Pokemon a sword called Gotcha. Um, uh, and then you also have uh, the ending song, Sucker uh, Song and Bitter Step, which, which Goose House covered by the group Unison Square Garden, who also did the opening for the second season of Kekai Sensen, op- uh, Fake Town. Uh, that said, Unison Square Garden also shows up and a lot of uh, songwriting credits in anime. At least some of the members do. For example, all the Project Number Nine anime I mentioned, you know, such as my step, my step, uh, my stepmother's, or uh, my stepmother's daughter is my ex uh, from Project Number Nine. They were all done by the Idol Group Dialogue Plus. Um, it's a big reason why I keep watching those shows. But they actually uh, have uh, they actually have Unison Square Garden uh, to thank for being the songwriter for those. Uh, speaking of idols, you know, I still am playing D4DJ and definitely have found myself just listening to all the music they put up on Spotify for all the groups. Partial to Peaky Peaky Music, if you know who that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's cool because I'm playing these songs in the game and then they end up uh, having an extended version on Spotify. So, you know, that's always cool to listen to. And then, you know, just in general, I, list, I found myself listening to more musically inclined anime, just the insert songs, right? So, for example, Zombieland Saga, Kill and Tuesday, Your Boy Kong Ming, uh, The Bell Movie, Your Name, which, yes, I know Radrims has other songs outside of just the Your Name soundtrack, but I haven't really clicked with those the same way I did with uh, Your Name. Uh, Redline Music, and then also the recent film Inuo, um, which we'll talk about in another episode. All of those have great insert songs. Um, and then, you know, I also use Spotify's song radio feature quite a bit for anime songs. I have a particular vibe that I enjoy, but, you know, I want to discover more. For example, Odd Taxi's opening by Skirt and Punpi, you know, I haven't dug into their discography, but, you know, their, their, vi- their really chill vibe, you know, helps me discover other just Japanese music in general with that similar vibe. Kind of like city pop meets lo-fi, which, you know, of course, are other genres, not necessarily anime-related, but kind of Japan-adjacent, uh, which I've kind of been digging lately. Of course, we also can't talk about music I discover through anime without talking about lo-fi hip-hop and the uh, influence of both New Hobbit Rest in Peace, as well, and his work on Samurai Samplu, as well as Yoko Kano's Jazzy Bebop on Cowboy Bebop. And of course, to complete the Watanabe trifecta, um, I also got into jazz for a hot minute, thanks to the soundtrack of Kids on the Slope, um, though also the anime Bartender has a pretty jazzy soundtrack as well, which I really enjoyed. I could go on and on with more individual artists and their songs, though I can't point to any particular thing outside of their anime discography, but I definitely would love to check it out more. Uh, Masayaki Suzuki from Kaguya-sama, Flo from Naruto, Yui from Bleach, Kanabun and Homei Kazuko from various Sonin anime, uh, Soko Nakagawa from Yugoen Lagan, Beat Crusaders from Mongolian Chop Squad Beck, uh, Fana from Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, Koji Wada with, with Butterfly, Rest in Peace uh, from Digimon. All of these artists are great, and honestly, check out just even just their anime songs, but you know, check out the rest of the stuff in the discography. If you, if, even if it's just on the background while you work on Suffle. Uh, in any case, this episode I think has gone on long enough. Um, again, apologies for the delay and not getting an episode out more timely. Um, you know, I gotta get back to working on on those next episodes. But in the meantime, you know, what musicians have you discovered because you found a song of theirs in the anime, and which one should I be checking out? Uh, you can let me know on Twitter at yetanimepod or via email at yetanotheranimepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my anime list at ninjaboy333, boy with an I, one on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Please subscribe, leave a review, or at least share with an anime loving friend any of that super helpful. 
Uh, intro and outro music will be is provided by Suichi Sakagami at Tandes.com. Editing and out and production by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this episode. We air, no, we're going to be airing pretty much weekly for the next month or so. Um, next time on yet another anime podcast, we'll check in on how, again, Sonen Jump has been doing this past year or so. Some really great hitters, uh, which I got to talk about. But until then, see you, Space Cowboy. Bang. <laughs>